moment. moment. Of clarity. Of clarity. Of clarity. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to an eclectic episode of... Did I blow the microphones out, Mike? Tell me. Okay, I didn't blow the microphones out. Great. You are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity and uh, the excitement for being back on the show just continues to resound through my soul like a phoenix rising on the sun. A little dramatic? Just just a little bit. (laughs) But I'm excited because we've got the entire crew in the studio today. I kept telling y'all that there were more people that were coming. I kept telling you guys that there were additional uh, hosts that would be joining us, and today they're here. So... Let me introduce first Joy. Hey, 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 hey. Hello, Joy. Welcome to Mobile to Clarity. Joy is going to be one of our co-hosts. And then also allow me to introduce Tina. Hey, guys. Tina is going to be one of our co-hosts. We won't talk about Tina's name, but we'll just stick there that Tina is going to be one of our (laughs) co-hosts. And of course, Mike is with us. What's up, everybody? And uh, yeah, so and you know, (laughs) it's me. So I'm excited that we got everybody in the studio today. We've already walked down, you know, had some time in the wilderness over there in the studio talking about what we're going to talk about today. It was like being in the wilderness. It was like being in the wilderness. We were tempted, tested. Joy came in and said a bunch of words and we was all like, what? Huh? And then we was like, well, and then what you, you make re- me cry? For and real? yeah, and then it was like, well, what you really trying to say is, and she was like, no, I'm not trying to say that. And then we was like, oh, okay, so what you really trying to? No, I'm not no, trying no, to say no, that either. Okay, so what you're asking is, nope, not trying to ask that. We was like, really, Joy? That's just what you're going to do on the first day? Just tell us. Just tell us. Okay. So she told us, and it became the topic of today's show. And so on today's show, we are talking about. Uh, giving, I'll, I'll make it very broad. Today's show, we're talking about giving and expectations. Mm-hmm. Giving and expectations. And which ones do we have? Which ones should we have? Where should we have them? Who should we have them for? Ah, it's going to be a long show today, Mike. Man. Really? It's going to be, I mean, we got to cover a lot of stuff in giving and expectations. All right. Does everybody have? I got time. I got time too, baby. <laughs> I got time too. So, talking about giving and expectations. So, the way it all came about was Joy asked us a question that none of us understood. And so <laughs> after we kind of came to a place, we didn't. Yo, Don't even I act did. like you did. did. We had no clue what she was talking about. And so then after we finally, you know, like a half hour later, when we all figured out what it was that she was actually asking, Mike, who's the smartest one in the room, made the declaration. I, I really did not feel the smartest, though, because it took me a while to figure out what <laughs> but you guys were, were talking about. Quiz, you, know? you were listening so intently, though. Yes. You know, you were silent. there. Yeah, he was a, like a silent power, wasn't he? You could tell that the gears were cranking. It, well, I'm just the kind of person that I have to I have to take it in and try to put it all together. Yeah. And then once I got it together, it's there, but it takes a little while to get there. Yeah, you know, I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> we just going to talk it out, and we'll be talking for 
for five Listen, hours. And, Mike and we were going to figure this out. We were going to figure this out. We were not going to leave until we had figured out what she was trying to say. Maybe this is what she means. So the question then came up. So we we talk about as people being givers, right? And everybody loves the idea of love everybody where they are and love with no abandon. We talked about it last week. Love without expectation, love without abandon. You know what I'm saying? We all talk about doing and giving and being and all this other kind of stuff all the time. It's like, you know, our little motto, you know, if you're a Christian, you're a giver and you're a lover and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then the question came up. So first of all, if you're giving, what's the expectation in return? Should there be an expectation in return? Should there be boundaries on what you give? How do you know that you're giving in the purpose that God has for you to give? And specifically, as we're speaking about ministries, now we move over to the world of ministries. Specifically speaking about ministries, what should our expectation for ministries be when we are giving to or pouring into a ministry? When I say giving to, I'm not speaking just financially. I'm talking about giving your time, your talent, your energy, your everything, whatever it is that you're pouring into a ministry, what should be your expectation of that ministry? And I don't. Th- of course, we didn't answer the question. No, because you said because it would have been more. F- it wouldn't have been any fun if we just came on here with an answer. Well, and the expectation thing is really two parts to that. What should be the expectation of the ministry itself, and right. what should you expect in return from the ministry? From the ministry to you, personally? because I think. Joy, she laid it out rather well because one of the things she was saying is how she has been, I don't want to use the word told, but she's been given the impression almost all her life that as a Christian, it's her job to give to ministry and the ministry has no obligation to do anything in return. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. It it was always um, benched from whether it be pulpit or whether it be just other individuals in church, that as you grow in your gift or as you grow in your skill set or as you grow in whatever it is God has purpose for your life, that then goes back into the church, period. There was never a conversation or a discussion about how the church or how a ministry should minister to you. It was all give, 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 whether it be, like you said, although that's not just financial, but it all started with the tithe, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you give your tithe. And then it was one well, outside of your tithe, make sure you give your voice mm-hmm. because I, I sang. Then it was. You can sing, Joy. I, I used, you, here, see, used oh, to. okay. Let's use, this used to. Okay. Um, then it was um, give of your service. So that means you're going to go out into the community under our umbrella, our name, and give to the community. Never once did I ever feel or get good information about sitting down and having the conversation with myself, with the leadership, with God. Okay, so what is this ministry supposed to be doing for me? Or is there something that this ministry is supposed to be pouring into me? And and Tina, you had a very interesting perspective there where you were talking about, she's like, I, I did? <laughs> I had, what, I when was so? that? I said something, but you were talking about how first you have to define what the fruit is. Yes. And then you also spoke to the idea of ministries giving to you or giving in their purpose and all of that. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, where we may pour or, you know, give to, it doesn't necessarily have to be the place where we receive back from. Now I do believe ministry, um, depending on like your role in the ministry and what you play in the ministry 
they should be pouring back into you. Like, let's say, for example, if they do leadership retreats or if they mm-hmm. do um, moments where the pastor wants to meet with you guys and pour into you guys and teach you guys certain things that he may not teach to the congregation because you guys are in his leadership roles. So I think that's important. But like if you're just children's ministry, and you're not a leader. You just come every Sunday. You can't expect that these children are going to be pouring back into you. <laughs> right, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like you never know. You might have someone that babes, give you something else or pour into you a way that you need. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just kind of depends in the finding of fruit. Yeah. So, so it, do our ministries, is there an expectation that a ministry is supposed to pour into people? Because I see both sides. I see one side where you get some churches where they're like, you know, if you're in a church, you're supposed to give. And you're supposed to give to the church. And you're supposed to give your time. And if you know how to build stuff, you're supposed to come in here and build stuff and so on and so forth. But then I see other churches that do the complete opposite. And the only people they minister to are the people in their church. And they don't do anything in the community. They don't do anything outside I've their walls. Oh my God, it's yes, so prevalent. Mm-hmm. It is so prevalent. Where the only people they minister to is the people that come in on Sunday. And I mean, they're not feeding them good stuff. They just feeding them a word every Sunday that makes them feel good about themselves and go on with their life. But what should be an expectation of a ministry that you believe you're pouring into? And should there be an expectation? I think that's Mike's you, got that look on his face. Oh, uh, well, I mean, you're exactly right that there are a lot of churches <laughs> I, like that. I mean, yeah, you know, it happens. <laughs> I feel like that's something, I just feel like that's something that you have to bring to God, too, because God may just really have you there to be giving your gift and your purpose to this ministry while you may meet somebody at that location. The church may have never given you anything, but you may meet that person, someone that saw you giving and that opened the door for something else. Like, it, it really would have to be something that you take to God and be like, all right, God, you know, if you're telling, if you're leading me into this ministry, what am I expecting? How how long do you have me here? Sometimes God's not going to tell you how long you're going to be in a place, though. I was going to say, yeah, like, you, never, you get that from, yeah. you get that from God? Say, I don't think I ever get he that. tells you how long you're going to be somewhere? You will be here for three, three years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think it is important to go into, first of all, I think it's important I personally believe it's important to go in with no expectation, no expectation whatsoever, because when you begin to have certain expectations on a ministry, then you start to be holding that ministry to those expectations. And I'm a firm believer. And this is why I don't like the whole idea of and this is where this conversation started, which we were kind of confused about. That's why I don't like the whole idea of you're not producing fruit in my life. So I'm cutting you off, because what if your purpose in my life is not to produce fruit in my life? What if the purpose of you being here so I can pour into you only? And I'm supposed to like like Joyce or like Tina said, go get mine from someplace else. Or I'm supposed to receive from another avenue. So I I wholeheartedly believe in going into any any situation, relationship, ministry, you know, job, whatever. Well, with job there is an expectation. Yeah, I'm gonna I was get about paid. to say I'm gonna need that check. But And that insurance. <laughs> 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 I'll get kids. But even, but even in even in pouring my my position is to pour into you and to pour into you only that produces a fruit it might not not always because i've poured into plenty of people that you know just like the bible says some fall by the wayside some fall on rocky ground you know what i'm saying so it doesn't always produce a fruit eventually you hope that it will take root somebody will you know you planting the seed somebody gonna come water it, and it's gonna bring increase but you might never see the fruit. But just like you told me when we were talking earlier, the fruit might not be something that they do. 
like we were talking about the scripture of all that love is, sometimes it's producing fruit in me of long suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So, I th- I, you know, there, there's always uh, some fruit but that's produced, the, but, but if you see no fruit. But, produced, but, that, but that's why there's so why that's why it's so important not to have the expectation, because you're not always going to see the fruit. True. You know what I'm saying? There's things that I have laid foundation for in people that didn't rise up till 10, 12 years later. You know what I'm saying? Walking testimony of that. You know, so there's but times there's times that you're not gonna see the fruit and you just have to know that God told you to do this. Yeah. That's why I asked you the first question I or the most important question I asked you was, did God send you there? Right. And knowing definitively, yes, I know God said go here and assist in building the foundation for the structure of the church or the ministry. It's not just always people. A lot of people might think that you go into a, a high school gym and you've got a great idea because you want to share a word and you grab a whole bunch of your friends and your family and y'all all go to the high school gym, that that's, that's it. No, there's a whole level of strategy and business and, and, setting up LLCs or setting up the 5013. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes into actually establishing a ministry properly. And for this particular situation, I know that God sent me to do the strategy and the establishment, not even so much the ministry, children's church ministry or helping them d- develop their, their leadership, core leadership. So, so the question is, yeah, that is a job. That's a job. You should have got paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that's a job. Unless you, unless you, you know, like God told you to volunteer it, that's cool. But that's uh, there are businesses, <clears throat> Avia, that do things <laughs> like that on a regular basis. So that's a job for sure. Yeah. When um, God uses your skill set, that's still him using you. Even did God tell you to volunteer for this place? Use your skill set. That ain't. That's that, not the same wait, thing. That is your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Clear I'm sorry, yes. Senator. Senator. Yes, no. That oh, <laughs> well, just because. But that that is. It is the the hearing, and everybody hears right. God differently. Everybody hears how he he conversates with you in the way that you conversate. So I conversate in that type of tone. He said, "Use your skill set. Go here." Tina, I'm gonna need you to turn the microphone to the side a little bit. Is it? Loud? Is it loud? No. Oh, I'm sorry. You just every time you turn your head, it goes away from you. Oh, um, it keeps going down. Oh, yeah. Just turn it to the side. See how mine is? There you go. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wait, See, we, look at that. Wait, wait, moment of clarity. Today. We need and to up there it goes. All right. <laughs> moment of clarity. No. Um, but yes. So to answer your question, yes. I was told, go do, and I got the specific of what to do. Go establish the 5013C. Go do this. So, so, so the question, the question then I want to ask is, what brought your tears out when you began to talk about that? What is it that Ooh. brought the heartfelt emotion out? Because you should have expected. This come on part. now, <laughs> because when when we were speaking, as you begin as you begin to shed tears over this, that tells me that there is there's a place in there that's either hurt and not healed, yeah. or there's a place in there that doesn't understand. What is it? Talk to us about what brought the tears. The tears are from where you, I, I can't say you, when I begin to feel as if I was not a good steward of the gift that God gave me. Rather it be because the ministry then 
did not fulfill the mission and the purpose of which it was being established to do. Did you fail? It's not even. Oh, yeah, it, okay. It's did I do what God said? Did I do what God said? Did I hear you clearly? And at what point in time do I have permission to hold that ministry accountable to the pearl that you sent? Okay. That's a tough one. That is yeah. a tough one. It really is tough because, be- because you, we all ask those questions, really. Was this what I was supposed to be doing? Right. And, and it's, to me, it's more complicated because we see in part and we know in part. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead, Tina. Your, your mouth been open for a second. Say it, girl. I've been trying to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thing is, is that what did you feel like, because there is an area of hurt. Was it more in regards of that God sent you here, but it didn't work out for them the way that you felt because God sent you it should have? Do you feel like, well, if God sent me to this location, what, the fruit that's supposed to bear from it, why didn't it produce a certain fruit? Did you have an expectation for a fruit for it to produce for it in itself, in the ministry in itself that you didn't see? Well, I, I actually have an example in my life where I, I could I could kind of get, you know, relate a little bit. You know, I've done youth ministry a few times in my life. Pastor. And um, you're the pastor. Pastor Mike. <laughs> and no, we're not pastors. Don't ever say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Tina ready to leave. Like, Tina, let me get you, hit a, you hit a nerve let me get with my him. Keys. You hit a nerve with him. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I've been in youth ministry, and then a lot of times in youth ministry, you you try to plant those seeds, plant those seeds in the kids, and then you see five years, ten years later, they they've fallen away, and you start to wonder, did I waste my time all those years? I was in that youth ministry. I was trying to build them in, up into Christ. I did everything I could to put them in the right direction. And then five, ten years later, you see, um, nope, fruit did not bear fruit like I thought. Does that mean I wasn't supposed to be there in the first place? And that's, that's tough. And it, came, it became more of a challenge for me, and I use that word stewardship. Because I, I really felt devastated because I thought I wasn't being a good steward of the gift or the skill set that God gave me. Gotcha. So in me not being a good steward, that then turn around and impacts my stuff with God. That, in, that impacts my vertical. Not just my horizontal. But that's a slippery, slippery slope because you are you are placing the foundation on whether you have accomplished or done what God has asked you to do based on what somebody else is doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in a space where you're saying if this person doesn't carry out what God has called them to carry out in the way that they're supposed to, that means the part that I played in that was insufficient in some way. And I feel like or subsufficient in some comes way. in. And tries to play with your mind and make you. Because I feel like, honestly, if God sent you to do something, and you know, you got, you said you know exactly what He sent you to do, mm-hmm. that, and you completed everything He told you to do, then I'm good. You yeah. good? Yeah, yeah I'm but there's still hurt there. So there's there, a the, there there is hurt still because one, I'm I'm that loving person that says, "Hey, I cheer everybody! I want I want to see you win." But the thing that God was dealing with, dealing with me with in the past three days around that subject matter is, don't forget, everybody has free will. 
So because you did your part doesn't mean that somebody else is going to do their part. But where does the hurt? And you can't own that. But that's what I'm saying. That's where the hurt is, is that you've owned them doing their part. Yes. And so even though, and here's the thing, even though you said I went in there with no expectation, we're revealing that you went in there with quite a big expectation. Yeah. I don't know if if the expectation was of them initially more so than it was of me. Well, that's that's possible. But if you were only sent to do one particular part, unless God told you go in here, take over this ministry, run it, and see it to fruition, then that expectation can't be of you. Why? Unless you place that on yourself. And there's always those possibilities and those moments that come. Where you're you're doing due diligence in what ahead, you're doing, Mike. and you you buy in, you you start owning it. You this is my baby now. So I um this got to go to the Word of God. Come go on, ahead, Mike. Come See, on, I told you he was the pastor. I told you he was the pastor. So when you were talking about this, and I was thinking about this as well, um, the expectation of is it bearing fruit like I expected? Should I expect it? Was I wasting my time if it didn't bear fruit? Even though I did everything I was supposed to do and God told me to do. Well, I just happened to think of Ezekiel. And this is what this is what God told Ezekiel. Um, he said, He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the sons of Israel to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. I'm sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, as for them, whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, neither fear them nor fear their words. Though thistles and thorns are with you and you sit on scorpions, neither neither fear their words nor be dismayed at their presence, for they are a rebellious house. But you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious." And he tells them over and over again, they're not going to listen to you, but you got to go anyway. Yeah. And so, and so I'm glad you brought that up because I believe this can be a very a, a good learning point for not only those listening, for all of us, is that when you go into a place and you're pouring in, check your heart, check, check your, heart, check your mm-hmm. expectations, but also don't allow their success to define you. You can never allow somebody, I don't even let my success define me. So I definitely not gonna let Mike's success define me. Although my brother is rather successful. No. I'm not gonna allow that <laughs> to define me. And although I had a part to play, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, so you can't allow other people's success to define, number one, whether you did what God said, told you to do or not. Because if you know this is what God told me to do, whether they carry it out or not is on them. Right. They are now responsible for whether they did what God told them to do and not you. And then you also can't allow that to determine whether you are successful or not in the sense of, well, I did my part. How come it didn't succeed? Well, it didn't succeed because they didn't do their part. Right. It didn't succeed. Not even that. It could not even be a listening to God type thing. It could be that it didn't succeed because they just didn't know how to handle money or it didn't succeed because they just didn't know how to lead people. Or it didn't succeed because they just did they just weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And maybe the the seed that you planted wasn't for the benefit of their ministry, but it was for the benefit of their soul. Maybe whoever ran that ministry that and I don't know if the ministry failed or whatever, but let's say it failed. 
because it's just easier that way. So I don't know. Of course. So I don't know. Failure is easy. Success is hard. Even if the ministry failed, what if the foundation of strategic development that you put in that person, they take on to build a business and the business is successful or they take on to implement it to their family and their family is successful. Or you might hear back from somebody that says, hey, I have someone else that's opening a church. Oh, I have someone else that um, is opening a church and I want to go ahead and use you because of what we saw you did last time. So that could be an opportunity that's coming on later on down in life. Do that situation. I, I did have to own. I have to own the fact that I began owning the the wholeness versus owning my particular part only. And in that, when God came and say, I gave everybody, everybody's got free will. So they could choose to do it. They could choose to not. But you had to choose to do what I said do. And that was the most important part. But my question still remained with him was, at what point in time do I get to hold someone or a ministry, a person, accountable you don't to. you don't you don't get to hold them accountable none whatsoever none why why should you they are there whatever they do whatever they're doing that god told them to do is they based on them god. they have to answer to god you don't get to hold them accountable mm-hmm. our job is to go in and do whatever god told us to do you know now when we come back from break <laughs> when we come back from break i want to ask you a deeper question, because that's what we do. You know what? Why do you believe you're holding on to that? Why do you believe you came into that place of owning that thing? Why do you believe that you were unable to let it go? Yes, and what you gonna do about it from now on that we've exposed that thing? Moment of clarity. Stefan G. We'll be back in a second. I know it's just business, I get that. But don't forget the witness when you spit that. Share Christ more than privately and chit chat. Want to never miss an episode of Moment of Clarity? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or tune in. Moment of Clarity is your man, Stefan G. And we are talking about giving an expectation basically we talking about joy her first day on the show first day got me crying and snotting and yeah listen listen that's what we do listen that was that's what the, we do it was in the fine print you know yeah i didn't read that, that. was in the contract i didn't read that. I didn't, section I'm sorry. two mm-hmm. the small thing at the see yeah. remember yeah. when i said go listen to them old shows yes yep. you on the spot i don't i never have nothing so uh, yeah today is the joy uh, the joy day uh, um and so, so Tina's next week. So, Tina's going to be next week. So Joy is having her sick. moment of clarity <laughs> right now. Uh-huh. Listen, we already locked yours in because you talked about some stuff earlier that I already put a pin in. Uh, did you? I sure did. Was it a mental? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Believe that. A dangerous one. <laughs> He's got a lot of pins out there, you know. I do. So talking about giving an expectation and we were talking about, you know, everything that that we experience in with people and with ministry. And so I asked the question of you, Joy, we were talking about how you held on to that thing, how mm-hmm. you, how you bought in fully that your contribution was basically the, the catalyst to the success or decline of this particular ministry. Right. Why did you do that? Why did you take ownership like that? Why did you, what made you hold on so oh. tightly to 
the success or failure of this particular ministry? I think it's my my. Don't just, try to sound pretty. I'm not. Okay. I, my my natural instinct is to own it. Twenty three years in the military. Oh well, then that. my 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 soldier success. <laughs> Why'd you start with that? We gotta lean in with these y'all, conversations. Y'all I, I submitted a resume. <laughs> I submitted a resume. That is that is part of my makeup. The success of a mission as a leader is on me. I'm still like that to this day. But I, I guess the question then becomes: But you weren't the leader of that mission. But I was or did you or did you or did you take on that role even though you weren't necessarily supposed to? I was assigned to the leader. And that is the the probably the problem that I have to own. So my assignment does not make me that thing. So here's a question. I noticed that the tears started to shed a little bit again. Always kiss me. Listen. What is it that you're feeling? Tell us how you feel. This is a safe place. Disappointment. In who? In yourself. Why? Stepping outside of what I was supposed to do in the first place. Did you step outside of what you were supposed to do? Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. So you went in with a specified mission. And I own and the you- fa- Yeah, I own the fact that I put that whole thing on my back. Well, no, I'm saying where is the where are the tears coming from though? You said disappointment in yourself. In me. But what are you disappointing in you for? You're disappointed in yourself for owning it. Yes. Did you complete everything that was a requested that God required you to do? You completed everything and then you did more. Yes. Okay. I'm disappointed in my inability to have boundaries. I'm gonna put. There we go. That's what I was looking for. I was just about to put you on the spot because I was like, "You're holding something back." So let me ask you, and let's be let's be frank. And I want just just give me yes or no. Did you feel used? Yes. Did you feel as if you were unappreciated? No. Did you feel as if your time was wasted? No. So you basically the the main thing that we're looking at here is that you felt used. Yes. By who? Me. That doesn't make sense. I allowed myself to be, I put myself in a position as to where nope, I expended. Stop, stop, stop. That's a pretty. That's a pretty way to say something else. Who used you? It wasn't you. You're taking, you're accepting the blame but, by saying I put myself in this situation. But if I didn't But that's the same it, thing a victim says when she's domestically abused. She said, well, I dated him. I put myself in that position. I put myself in that situation. So it's my fault that he beat on me. That's not, that's not how it works. But it is, it's, it is a ownership of my participation in it. So if, if we go down that, well, I'm not going to go down that road. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> that's no other topic, having seven daughters and being a female myself. But I stepped outside of, they didn't come to me and ask. They didn't come and say, hey, Joy. Can you do this? You or hey Joy, can you do that? I said, hey, look, let me and who in their right mind should say if somebody is offering something that you need and you know they are functioning from a place in God, but why I, would I, they say no? I want to get back to the space where you said you felt used. Go ahead, Tina. 
I think my question is, is that what made you feel the need to have to rise above and do everybody else's work? What in you kind of made you say, I Person- need to be? That's my personality. So I'm learning how to structure or restructure my personality to, again, not own a battalion size of people. Can I? Or, raise, uh, I they can't yeah. see me. I got my hand in oh, the air. Oh, okay. I raise my hand. Yes, sometimes, I do that too. You know, I don't ever want you to restructure your personality. Don't ever restructure your personality. Don't ever restructure your personality. God wants to change how you are, not who you are. Go ahead, say that again. God wants to change how not, you are, can we, not who you are. Where's the music for the church people <laughs> on that one? Well, that's a, that's part of the motto of this show. Is God wants to change how you are, not who you are. Yeah. And so, I, I what I what I believe I hear you saying is you hurt from a disappointment in yourself for allowing yourself to be used. Yes. Okay. You feel As, like you continuously. I'm sorry. You feel like you continuously do that in other situations too, across the board. Well, then there, there we go. And so now the question isn't changing your personality, but the question is, what about you inside of yourself allows you to be used? What about what is it that's what? David Taylor, you better be listening. What is it? What is the deep longing within you that desires either acceptance or desires um, connection or affirmation? What is it that's in you that has a desire that's so great that it allows other people to use you for you to feel like that desire is filled and met? The seed that was planted from childhood that did not, it did not drape it as being used. It draped it as this is your job. I can see that. I can see that. It being wrapped in this is what you are required to do as a Christian. And then you're feeling like, but I'm just being used here. Like they just sucking all because I've left ministries for that exact reason. I've sucking been in churches. I've Me been too. in churches where they didn't care nothing about me. They didn't care nothing about my life. They didn't care nothing about my family. Long as I was there every day, the doors was open, doing everything I possibly could do for everybody in that space, as much as I could possibly do it for as long as they were willing to let me do it, they were fine. I kind of feel like at some point, and which what she did, I, you can't just push the blame on ministries and churches. At some point, you have to put the ownership on yourself. And oh, say, you certainly why am I do. Allowing this to exactly, right. and that's why I that's asked that question. And, so, and, and from what it sounds like, it's more in the sense of like realizing when it's happening and then asking yourself that question. Because let me say for the record, this is not about ministries and churches. As much as I would like to take the opportunity to talk about ministries oh, and churches, we'll get there oh, one show. Geez. But this is people in general. You know what I'm saying? People will suck you dry as long as you let them. Yeah. You know? And so like Tina was saying, what was it that made you do that? And Because at some point I feel like you watched yourself do it. You ever had those moments? Yeah, you stand outside of yourself. You stand outside of yourself. seeing this happening. And you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Just say no and you don't. I would endeavor to say that it's deeper than that's what you've been told about church. It's, It's a whole psychological thing. It's not just what you've been told about church. Although I'm a PK. You know, and she let out all this stuff. Let's the resume. Let's start this conversation off. What's a PK? Preacher's kid. Preacher's kid. Oh, okay. This lady has been in the military. So she is a preacher's kid. And she got nine children. And she got 
Seven of them are girls. Seven of them are girls. She been through it. So this is something that is something that happened way before. And you know what? I was reading this book. You was reading the book. Girl. You know I'm so proud of you. Girl. I wasn't reading it. It was an audio book. I was listening you know to it. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Let me not. Thank you. No. Thank you. <laughs> I was into this audio book, and it says, it was talking about how we grew up as kids. And that mm-hmm. a lot of the issues that we're dealing with in our adulthood stem from our childhood and in oh, areas that are so simple. I'm learning that about myself. Yeah, Listen, yeah, I talk about it all the time. it out. Yeah. So now we're having, it's almost like having an adult temper tantrum based off something that we learned as a child. And listen, all you, because being a preacher's kid, that's what you were taught. Because that's what, that's what a lot of pastors think. You just give and don't You just give and don't expect. You just give and give. And then, and then she went into the military and they told her the same thing. Service, service, now service, 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 service. So Take let control. me tell you, Joy, you don't, nobody has the right to use you. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. I want you, don't, don't shake your head. Just, oh, I'm sorry. Just Hold it. Just accept it. Just receive it. That nobody has the right to use you for your gifts. Nobody has the right to use you for your talents. Nobody is owed your gifts and nobody deserves your talent. It is something that God gave you. God gave you the gift of whatever it is you're good at. God gave me the gift of radio. God gave Mike the gift of radio. You know, God gave Tina the gift of being cute. Like, they, God gave I you. Yes, he did. <laughs> God gave you whatever your gift is. And he gave it to you so that you can portion it out on your own. He gave you free will to determine who gets this and who doesn't get it and when they get it and when they don't get it. And then you said to him, you know what, God, I'm going to reapportion that free will to you. You let me know who gets it. You let me know who doesn't get it because I'm so grateful for this gift. I'd like to give it to the people that you are telling me are the people that are supposed to have it. But nobody deserves what you have and nobody is owed what you have and nobody has a right to what you have. I don't care how saved they are. Just because you were Christian don't mean that they have the right to get what you have. Go ahead, Tina. You got your hand up. Yes. I also want to say is that you would not be loved any less if you don't do any more than what you're asked to do. If you do the bare minimum, it doesn't change how people are going to, it doesn't change your greatness. It doesn't change your quality. Your, it doesn't change the gift that God has given you. You doing just what you're supposed to do and leaving it at that and making room to love on yourself and give yourself more, you are allowed to do it. And it, it is acceptable. And I think you have to start telling yourself that it's okay to walk away That was that. a conversation though. That was a conversation because it was, it's never, like I said, it's never been benched to me or it's never been presented to me that I had that permission. Yeah. And on top of that, even if you don't do the bare minimum, let's say you don't do it at all. God still loves you more than he'll ever love you and ever has loved you and more than you can imagine love being. Even if you said, you know what, Jesus, I know you want me to pastor a church, but I'm just not doing that right now. That's not changing his love for you. That's not changing how he sees you. He still sees you as perfect and blemishless. He still sees you as his wonderful, adoring child. He still sees you with all the big, doughy, sparkly eyes that he posi- he sees you with because that's how he set the rule book up. That was the reason for Jesus dying on the cross. That's how the rule book is set up. Jesus died on the cross. You give your life to Jesus. This is how I see you from now on. You know what I'm saying? And so if you do or don't achieve, it makes no difference. It makes it, I take that back. It makes a difference, but it doesn't change how God sees it you. Yeah, it doesn't impact his love for me. And I think for me, the reason why the conversation even began came coming up 
is not because of so much where I'm going, but the people that are coming behind me. I got nine kids, eight grandkids. I need them to know that. But first, you got to know. Exactly. So until, yeah. until I actually start living it and getting it, what are they going to see? And that's the, th- that's the thing, too. Like, you have to understand that this is your walk. Like, there's things, like he said before, that people have poured into my life that, I'm not going to lie, I just started acting right. Like, you know, <laughs> I, stood, I still messed up. But, and I still go through the same situations where it's just like I'm trying to, I'm trying to show my son, a, you know, the best example mm-hmm. of how to be as a good person. But I think them seeing your humility, that, is it humility? Yeah, just yeah, seeing you being genuine, like this is where I'm struggling with, and this is an issue for me. Right, can give them strength to be like, well, I don't want to. I see how that turned out. Maybe I'm not going to follow that. And like, it gives them freedom to have that issue, yeah, so that they don't okay. fall into the yeah. same cycle that you fell into, thinking they don't have the right to have this problem. They don't have the right, right. to feel this way. They don't have the right. From? Yeah, why yeah. am I like this? Well, hey, look, it does I tell so- my son all the time. It does sound like you need to uh, forgive yourself too, for some of um your mistakes in the past seems for like being, you're for allowing myself to be used yeah pretty much so Just, you need to forgive yourself i mean you you probably need to forgive the other people too that did use you and it seems like a lot of people did in your life beyond even this ministry because it seems to be a nerve that's hitting you but you also need to forgive I would, yourself being a pk i would dare to say it started with your parents you're using a pk too no i'm not a pk no, I'm saying her being a PK. Okay. Who else is no, a nah, PK? No, no, I was about to say, no, like, no, can no. you just get it on the table? Nah. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I the only preacher's kid? Yeah, you're the yeah, only preacher's yes, kid. Sorry. Yes, you are. Yes, But being a preacher's kid, I, I would dare to say, it, and I don't know how your parents, I don't know nothing about that, but if they fell into the stereotypical preacher-pastor role, then they used you too. Oh, they were PKs. Oh, God. Y'all are a generational curse almost. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, we got bishops and and But But what I'm saying is if that's, if that's the case, then it stemmed from them. Yeah. It stemmed mm-hmm. from them teaching you, you do all this stuff because you do it and nothing else. So the first people you have to forgive is them. Mm-hmm. First people you have to forgive are your parents. You have to forgive your parents for all the stuff they made you do, mm. all the places they made you go, all the nights you had to stay up late when you didn't want to stay up late and you still had homework to do, all the Five floors you had to sweep, yeah, the choir rehearsals, the youth groups, like you got to forget I gotta go all. I got to ask my children to forgive me because I did the same thing to them. We it's, it's it becomes a cycle. Yeah. We do what our parents did. Yeah. I had to go through the same thing with my child. But I had so to go back and ask her to forgive me for being like my mama. Yeah. I but it's interesting that. that she immediately went back to herself. Yes. And she said, oh, I got to ask my kids to forgive me. She keeps placing it on herself. You put, you put yeah. a lot of bl- Yeah. You have this. You know what, too? And now, OK, you guys could be from wrong, but I was listening to this podcast because I listened to a lot of podcasts. And it was it saying. It was Moment of Clarity. Yeah. So in this podcast, it talks about how um, we see ourselves and we have this 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 ideal person. Ideal in our self. Mind. Yep. Yeah. This ideal self in our mind. And maybe. And you've created that we've created this image of ourselves, And then when we don't meet that, when we have a goal or something that we're doing and we don't meet that mark of what we see, we're mean to each other. We will talk each other down. We'll talk bad about ourselves instead of saying that, you know what, this is who I am at the current moment. And that ideal self is not who I am. So I'm creating this false image. That's not me. And, and, in, be- go ahead. and in that process, I'm hurting myself because every time I don't make the mark, I punish myself by either talking down to myself or demeaning myself, or telling myself that I deserve to feel this way because 
of this image that's not even real. And that could be exactly what you're experiencing in this moment right now. Because as Mike pointed out, when you went back and you immediately said, well, I got to ask my kids to forgive me. No, not yet. Because you have to accept where you are right now. You can only operate from where you are right now. One of the things I say on this show, I've said it many times, is we have to operate from the position that we are in. We have to accept who we actually are. Right. Right now, you are actually hurt and broken. Nothing else. Mad. And Trust me, I'm sure. And so the first thing you have to do before you can get to a position of asking your children to forgive you, because your forgiveness will be insincere. The first thing you have to do is you have to go and forgive those that made you hurt, broken, and mad. And then, not only this, and this is going to sound strange, but I've said it on this show before, you got to go forgive Jesus. As weird as that sounds, it is, well, because not that he's done anything wrong, but because you've put it in your mind that he didn't rescue you, he didn't save you, he didn't pull it out of you, he didn't take you away from this thing, he, how come you didn't, how come you didn't, how come you you didn't, where were you, blah, 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 and you've got to, you've got to condition your mind that all of that has been released, that the anger and frustration and ought that you have against Christ for not rescuing you or saving you or changing you or coming and, and making everything better, you've got to release that. So although it's not forgiving Jesus in the sense that he did something wrong, it's releasing the idea that you have that he didn't do something right. That's a true statement. I just I had that that moment two and a half weeks ago. Two and a half weeks ago, I was sitting in someone's house, bawling my eyes out. And they said the same thing. What is your issue? And I had to own it. I'm pissed. And I'm pissed with God. It's okay. You I, I go to piss with God first. Go yeah, to I, I'm pissed with him. Go to the website. Go to thestephong.com and everybody listening. Go to thestephong.com. And if you find yourself in this space, I encourage you to read the blog post that I wrote called I Hate Jesus. Because it was in that space. Yeah, I saw your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy. You had <laughs> she said blasphemy in her mind. That's what she did. That's a real but emotion. That, that all y'all on this show. But because I understand that we get there, but we don't allow ourselves to get there. And the one thing I love mm-hmm. about Christ is that he can accept me however I am. He embraces me in no matter what foolishness I'm walking in. So when I'm walking in the foolishness of I hate you because you because if he's my father. Right. And I'm going through adolescence. I'm going to hate him at some point in time. (laughs) And so if I'm going through the foolishness of I hate you because you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you promised this and you promised that he can accept that he would rather you say it to him than to allow it to lash out every place else in your life. And so. And it sounds that, and like that being the witness that you give. And so it sounds like the else. place that you need to go is to forgive your parents, to forgive Christ and forgive yourself. And allow that to resonate for a little while. Sit. You sit need to it. sit and hurt for a little while sit instead of hand. trying to be better so you can do better and get back to work and all this stuff that people have told you that you're supposed to do in your life. Sit and sulk and hurt and cry and be mad and snot and scream and kick and all of that for an extended period of time until it's out. Tell Jesus how you feel like he fell short in your life and let him show you the ways that he did not. Let him show you like the footprints in the sand thing. That's what that story is that people don't understand. That story is somebody saying, but God, where were you? Because they felt like he wasn't there. Sit in that place, stay in that place, soak in that place, allow that place to resonate. You know what I'm saying? And then 
you can begin climbing your way out with his help. You can begin working your way up with his help. But you can't work your way up until you go through. You got to go all the way down. Yeah, that, that you got all the way down. That was one of the most challenging parts is when sharing and saying, I'm really not feeling it right now. I'm not feeling God. I'm not feeling love. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling like I want to do anything. And the chastisement that comes along with it. Oh, but, but baby, that's, but that's the enemy, though. Exactly, and and finally getting to the yeah, Mike, yeah, you gotta join in. Um, the I, finally I'm sorry. getting to I'm the, just listening. Finally <laughs> getting to, to the point where I sat down and said, do a show on me. "No, I'm I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not gonna work with anybody anymore. I'm going to stay in my skill set outside of ministry or outside of church. I'm." I literally went straight B to B. Listen, I don't, I remember, don't deal with nobody. remember, and everybody that's listening, I want you to remember, as much as you believe God cares about you carrying out whatever your purpose is in life, he cares a trillion times more about your heart mm-hmm. and your heart being healed. And he cares so much more about your ascension into holiness than he does about whatever your purpose is. He wants you to carry out your purpose. Your purpose will be fulfilled, but he wants to, he wants to heal your heart first. He wants to heal that brokenness. He wants to heal that anger. He wants to heal those things that you experienced when you were a child and you didn't understand and you don't know why and you just had to deal with it. We all had stuff growing up that we just had to deal with. And and nobody's thing is insignificant. Even the girl that grew up rich and her thing is, I don't understand how come I couldn't get a pony. Well, if the pony was that important to her, she has to go through the same process exactly. of forgiving and mm-hmm. experiencing the hurt and having the tears about the pony that we have to do about being abused as a child. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so go through that space. I tell people this all the time. Go through that space. Experience that moment. Have that time. Wrestle with that angel till he blesses you. And don't let anybody associate a time period. That's the other thing that I had to learn. Don't let everybody say it's going to take you six weeks. It's going to take you six months. Oh, you still going through that? Oh, you still dealing with that? If I, I'm dealing with it, I'm dealing them. with it. Yeah. I wouldn't even, that's not even a business. Well, that 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 then came part of the fallacy and, and the, the disappointment because, again, you can't see the air quotes. I'm sorry, I'm, I am on the radio. I'm doing this air quote thing of, <laughs> you have a desire or expectation for a ministry to be able to hear your pain. Right. But that still, and you, and it's something we have to recognize is an area where we're desiring acceptance. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's but still a place. I'm just speaking to this. Not none of the, There's none of their business. There's, there's a real life place of, when it's something that you've dealt with from childhood or if it's something psychological that you need to seek help. Yeah. Go it's to a counselor. Don't some, go to the ministry. Yeah. Find a licensed mental health counselor. And, and that's where I, that's Don't where go I had to, to go. That's where I had to go. I had, <laughs> I had to go outside of pastor so-and-so or, or sister so-and-so or the women's ministry. Please. You got to go get oh. to the real people <laughs> that don't care about your soul salvation necessarily. Party. They yeah. may they may be faith based, mm. but they're not really trying to help you find Jesus. They're trying to help you find wholeness. You know, it's it's interesting. I think that's part of what upsets you is that this was coming from the church. Like these things, people being used were people using you were Christians, oh. and 
that makes you even more upset because you're Christians. You're not supposed you're supposed to be who I go to. Well, remember, it's like Did we you? talked about a couple of weeks ago. When we talked about safe space and there's no safe space. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's no safe space in the church. Did you want them to be like, hey, you know what? You're doing too much. Don't do that. We'll handle it. No. That, of that, course not. Military person don't want that. That's that's never that was never my desire. Still is never my desire learning how to balance myself. But what I expected probably more so was when I hurt. For them to recognize it. If I come to you and say that, because I'm I'm a communicator. That was jacked up. This was what this is what was jacked up about it. This is how I received it. Is that how you intended to give it? Not care a bit. Just the whole they, well, let's pray about it. No, we're not going to pray about it. We're going to talk about it. I'm not taking this. This is human stuff. And although we can take human stuff to God, why am I going to bother him about something that you and I can discuss? See, Mike, this is why. This is why I can't run a church. This is the yeah. reason right here. I got it. <laughs> yeah, why? This is the reason right here. This is real. They ain't going to like me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just have a real honest conversation. And and then to basically beyond that point, at that moment of realizing that you don't even care about me as a person, let alone my soul's salvation. And see, the thing is, that's when that's why you've got to go through the moment. That's why you've got to take the time and go through shedding all those tears that you are right now trying to hold back, that you are right now trying to make sure don't hit your face. You've got to let them flow like they've never flown before, because when they flow, that's when you will step up and say, you know what? You don't even care about me as a person. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Let God tell me directly, come back and do it anyway. And then then I know that he will give me the strength that's necessary, necessary to deal with you. So I don't cuss you out. Because it gets to the point where you, for me, I don't know about anybody else. We don't curse on this show. I know. It gets to the point where (laughs) I'm holding on to my um, sanity and I'm holding on to my righteousness. So, yeah, you got to go back. You can't hold on to your righteousness. You ain't even give it to yourself. You got to you got to go through the pain. You got to feel the pain. You got to feel the pain. You taking me back to my bubble of tears. You got to go feel the pain. Sit in that bubble. Sit in the bubble. Sit in the bubble. You got to go feel the pain. Okay. Be one with the bubble. <laughs> Tina, what did you learn today? Resistance is futile. What did you learn today? Man, what would you tell the here. people? I wanted to rewind as you guys were talking for the record, and I realized I can't do that because I'm actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I I just relate to her so much. I just get it because, in all honesty, we do have to go through it, and you do have to speak the truth and in love. And if people are treating you wrong. There's so many times where people have done things. I just didn't say anything. And I go back and be like, mm, if I had like five minutes and I had my thoughts together, I would have said something back to them and I didn't. And I'm just, I sit in that and I'm just realizing, well, you know what? Let's accept the truth. What's the truth right now? And honestly, I've taken. And I hope, I hope that Christians will not avoid the church because they feel like what Tina was just saying or what Joy right. was just saying. 
What's up, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. Listen, I'm so glad you listened to this episode of Moment of Clarity. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm loving my new crew, and we've got a lot of great shows coming your way. Also wanted to remind you, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can get Moment of Clarity with Stefan G. Everywhere you can get podcasts. That includes Podcast Addict, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. We are everywhere. So whichever outlet you use to get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to Moment of Clarity with Stefan G. G. And don't forget to check us out on your social media outlets. Always Facebook.com slash Mo Clarity Radio on Instagram at Mo Clarity Radio. That's M O Clarity Radio. And we'll catch you guys next week.